Welcome to Melanated Stamps. Melanated Stamps, a podcast highlighting and showcasing the stories of black and brown global chocolates. Welcome to Melanated Stamps. My name is Jenea, and I'm so glad that you found me on the internet. Um, so this episode's not going to be too long because, one, I work in the morning, and it's 12, 11 a.m., but I, I just had to, like, I have some thoughts. Okay, and so the first thing I'm going to talk about is um, this book that I just finished that was amazing, and the second thing that I'm going to talk about is... Uh, Chinese homework and some some uh, comparisons that I've noticed with uh, American education and Chinese education. The third thing I'm going to talk about is this run that I just had that was everything. Um, okay, so book that I just finished. It was beautiful. Um, the book is called... <clears throat> The book is called Temple of My Familiar. Now, let's preface this. First, the book is written by Alice Walker, and I I wouldn't say that I'm obsessed with the book Color Purple, but um, I read it when I had finished grad school because uh, I knew that I wasn't like fully emotionally ready to handle it, um, and I, I, I just had to read it. So I was actually at a temp job, and uh, they, I was doing some like, I don't know, data entry and stuff. And then uh, I would read the book when I was done. And I was like in tears in my cubicle, like just could not handle. And I was obsessed. And so I have, I saw um, Color Purple with my friend Alyssa. We went to see it in Nashville, uh, the Broadway play several years ago and it was mind-blowing and then I saw the movie once or twice and then I saw the show in New York City and when I tell y'all that like I was undone after uh the color purple in in Broadway and I saw it with uh what's her girl's name um oh I forget but I saw um the one she she sings she sings and she or she uh, performed in Orange Is the New Black, um, but I haven't seen that show. But apparently everybody loves her character. Um, she was in the show, and then uh, oh Cynthia Ervivo, who is just a gold mine of quality of singing. Just oh my god! And so when I was up in New York, um, or whenever I go to New York to visit my favorite cousin and their and his family, um, I go and I save all my money for the year and I go see Broadway shows. And uh, I'm poor, but I, I spend good money watching these shows. And I I went up, and I think I was there for like 10 days and I saw, I don't know, maybe six or seven shows. And I went back to see Color Purple the following night because I could not get enough. I was undone. And so I love Alice Walker and I... 
wanted to read something else by her and I saw that this book didn't have a waiting list on my library online and so I decided to read it and it's the second uh in the series I didn't know that Color Purple was a series but come to find out it is and so the book is called Temple of My Familiar um, by Alice Walker now y'all I am really really bad at reading fiction like I am terrible at reading fiction um I'm just like one, I'm a slow reader. Two, if there's more than two characters or really like four characters, I get confused. The word the words are real flowery. Like I just I have to practice. I, I prefer like real stories of people. That's easier for me to handle. Also, like um nonfiction is super easy it's easy and it it piques my interest better, but I'm trying. And so this book is basically the story of um several women. Um, and they live in South America in a small village. Um, and it's just about their, their day to day. And, you know, the part that got me in this book is how Alice Walker normalized black woman sexuality. Um, it was beautifully done. And I'm going to say the F word. So if, if, but I didn't, like, it's just a direct quote. Um, things that she mentioned, and I took screenshots so I wouldn't forget. She talked about, um, like, wetness between the woman's thighs. Um, she talked about, um, one of my favorite lines was, under his lips she felt the flowering of, of her shriveled womb, and under his tongue her folded sex came alive. Uh, the hairs on her body stood still, like stood like trees. In truth, the light that she felt inside her womb and heart now seemed to cover all of her. She felt herself dissolve into this light. Um, another one of my favorite quotes. So she had tits sticking out to there. She had a soft brown belly and strong brown legs. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have a soft brown belly and strong brown legs. Um, another one, occasionally they were host to a man, talking about the woman, um, whom they played with, especially sexually, until they tired of him. They then abandoned him. Um, talking about, um, heavy breasts being sucked on, cushy butt, belly that loomed over her head like a melon when I made love to her little kitten, let us say. I mean, it was just, oh gosh. The, the wording, so this is, this is the thing. I, um, somewhere deep down, I, through whomever, I don't even really know fully, like, where it has all come from, <clears throat> but I did not, um, grow up around or in, and I wasn't in circles that, like, highly lifted up the beauty and the sensuality of the black woman. I was taught or heard or gleaned from others around me that like black women work hard, black women are strong, black women are resilient, but never black women are sexual beings. And so um, I developed a complex because like I equal black women don't have sex, sex is bad, don't do that because black women don't do that sort of thing. And so now that I'm old and uh, in this bizarre country, I have lots of time to think about like what black 
female, black woman sexuality means. And so when I read this book, it resonated with me because I saw my body as a sexual entity in print written by a black woman author who was showcasing what a black what a black body what a black woman body can do sexually and i was like this is amazing she talked about um and then also like the strength and the power and the choice that black women have like yes i can have sex with him or nope i want to have sex with her or i want to lay with him or you know there was another line that said um I'm pretty sure we were drenched in the smell of fucking and um, being enticed, like just like basically like pheromone smell, like bringing uh, and being irresistible to men because they just want to be around us because like we emote to this or we have this feeling that uh, or not the feeling, but we we like give out this uh, essence um, from us that attracts men who want us sexually but also like we have the power to choose yes or no and also like that in and of itself is powerful and it's not bad um oh my gosh and then this one here ecstasy is uncut forest and the smell of fresh baked bread there was just so many things and then um experiencing orgasm with whomever she wanted like it was just it was on and on and on but it wasn't a sexual book but like um, that was the part that resonated with me, um, because she wanted to show that, like, this part should never be negated in the black woman's experience, in the black woman's narrative, and so often it is, because we are taught that we need to go get PhDs, we need to go have the children, we need to go, um, slay in the corporate room, and we need to go, um, be the best in everything, but, very few stories are saying say minimal stories say we need to be excellent in bed or we need to be ex we need to love our bodies um our bodies are incredibly sensual and that's great and we need to like tap into that energy um and i loved it so that's what i gathered from this now um Feel free to join me. Um, I read a book. Uh, I'm a slow reader, so uh, I read. Right now, I'm only reading black authors, um, and I deeply love it because I um, I read a lot, or I read some a lot. I don't know, somewhere between a lot and some, as a kid, um, and rarely did I read black authors. Um, Looking back on it, I never, I rarely saw myself in print. And so, like, I'm basically catching up. And I've been doing this since my birthday last year. So I've been doing this for about 15 months now of reading exclusively black authors. And I don't plan on stopping, really. You know what? I lied. I read uh, a book about Prince Edward County, which I'll talk about later. Um, so I read that one that was not a black author. But it, it was really important to my understanding of American education. So I... Uh, would encourage you to read with me. Um, this book was beautifully written. If you are into fiction, which I am not, I would highly recommend it. Um, and it's basically just a black woman narrative with a whole bunch of like beautiful, uh, I don't know, just really beautiful words when it comes to 
the everyday lived experience without negating um, black the black woman's sexuality. So read it. It's great. Um, Temple of My Familiar by Alice Walker. So that's number one. Number two, let's talk about Chinese homework. So on Instagram, I posted a picture. Uh, it's the first in a series, I think. Um, so I teach in a Chinese high school, uh, Chinese public boarding high school. Um, I'll probably detail like what that all means and what like that what what it all means and also like uh, statistics and data like once I start to find it. But very few people like know basic data about like how many kids are going are in school and blah blah blah. Like nobody knows this in Shenzhen. It's really strange. Um, so. Um, my school or the pro, so my school is one of the best schools in Shenzhen, one of the best public schools. Um, and because of the shortage of seats within, uh, Shenzhen, um, most of the, uh, middle schools and high schools are actually boarding schools where the kids will stay and live at the school from Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday. My school, um, I believe, has like 3,000 kids in it, and of those, like 2,000 or 2,500 of them live on campus in dorms. And so they start school at 8 o'clock. Uh, school finishes at 4.50. There's like an hour and a half for lunch um, where that some, most of them go take a nap um, or just rest a while, go eat lunch. Um, and then they eat dinner, and then they study until like 10 or 11 at night. Um, and then they start all over again the next day. Um, and then one of the programs, they are required to go study for half a day or sometimes all day on Saturdays. And so when I tell y'all that these Chinese kids study all the time, like that is their entire existence. Um, it's shocking to me. And um, kids are taught, like, do this or you will be homeless. Do You must study in this way so that you can go to America, so you can go to Singapore, so that you can be the best, so that you don't have to be a worker that doesn't make a lot of money and that has a really unsafe job. And they're basically scared into um, this educational program of complete madness. But then, you know, um, when you see Chinese students who make it to America or who are in your universities, um, know that they have literally worked their asses off for years. I was talking to my 10-year-old student um, that I tutor English, and he was explaining to me as a 10-year-old, he was like, I have to take a really big test when I'm in seventh grade. And that test is going to determine which high school I go to, which determines which university I go to. And I plan, I want to get the highest degree so that I can support my family. And so I have to um, go to all these training centers and do all this extra math and do all of this right now. And I was like, boy, you are 10. Like, you're supposed to like go outside. But there is no, there is no fun. There's, there's none of this for these kids. And um, so I, um, when I'm teaching... One of the things that I like to take pictures of is like things like regular life things that tell stories. And so the one thing that I have enjoyed taking pictures of are the kids' desks because it shows 
um, how much work they're putting into their education for the betterment of their lives. And so I posted the first picture um, on my page. And so please go find and follow um, at melanatedstamps.com because I will be posting more of them. And they're great. So that's number two. Um, Chinese kids do tons and tons and tons of homework. And... Um, I feel slightly conflicted because, like, I'm a part of this madness because, like, I am teaching English and it makes me wonder, like, which part of this system do, like, do I even agree with the system of educating in this way to this group of students? Because, like, I need to live, but also, like, I don't necessarily, I don't really believe that this is the most um, beneficial way to educate people, but this is, this is the system that I'm in, so... Um, it's conflicting for sure, but, uh, Chinese kids do lots of homework. So if you're an educator, I would love to hear, um, what your thoughts are regarding that. Okay. Last thing. Um, I, um, went running today and, um, you know, this month is minority mental health month. Um, and so people are really encouraging, folks of color, um, black folks, brown folks, to or non-white bodies to prioritize their mental health. Life is hard. Um, it's extremely difficult, and there are extremely difficult things that we go through as black and brown non-white bodies that other people just do not have to do um, to at all, like full stop, point blank. Like, that's just it. Um, and so we have to... Um, seek help when we can and to focus on balancing because life is hard when you are not white. Um, so for the white people, uh, when you are in a conversation with a black person, be quiet. Like this is not the time for you to share your opinion on literally anything. Like we don't want to listen to you. We don't. Um, we need to be heard right now. We need to be um, given space to feel all of the feelings and we need you all to know your role within the um the system of that keeps us the non-white bodies from being successful um that's your only job right now so basically number one be quiet two do your research and three be quiet like just just stop talking because it's not helpful to anyone if you are benefited from the system then you speak over us in our narrative. The only one right now that really matters because your life is fine. Um, ours is not. And three, when you're talking, you're not listening. Like that's literally like a six-year-old thing that we learn in kindergarten. When you talk, your two ears can't hear. So stop that. Um, for the black people, for the brown people, for the non-white bodies, um, for the non-white people, um, get the help that you need and prioritize, spend money on yourself, um, focus on balancing. And so the way that I'm doing it right now is with running. Um, I had a really long day. I started teaching at 8 a.m., uh, which meant that like I had to get up at 6.50 to get on the train for about 45 minutes. Um, and I took a nap for a couple hours in the middle of the day, but I was exhausted. And uh, then I had to work in the afternoon, um, 
made some hard decisions. Life is, it's intense right now. Then I came home and I was like, you know what? I could just go to bed or I could go for a run. And I went for a run. It was, I was slower than molasses. And it was the best decision that I've made all day because I prioritize myself. Um, and so this is my encouragement to you. Whatever you choose to do, do that thing and be consistent in it because you matter. Your um, mind matters. And so do those things. So that's my reminder for you guys in mental, men, or what is it called? Minority Mental Health Week. Okay, so those are the things, the things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, one, read black books with me. Um, oh, let me tell you guys what I'm reading right now. So if you want to join me, right after Temple of My Familiar by um, uh, Alice Walker, I read probably in about two or three days. Um, oh my gosh, the other thing that I suck at poetry but I read um I read Gwendolyn Brooks and so I'll be talking about her next week I think um and right now I am reading Extraordinary Ordinary People by Condoleezza Rice which is basically or a memoir of her family um Condoleezza Rice is a badass black woman who did has done amazing things um she also spent some time in my hometown Denver for several years and so um, yeah, so I'm reading about, or I'm reading a biography of hers right now, so join me. Um, next book that I'll probably read is something nonfiction, because I need to take a break from fiction. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions, that would be awesome. All right, um, so yeah, so I talked about the book, I talked about Chinese homework, I talked about the need to find balance, um... Yeah, so that's it. Please feel free to um, tell people about my podcast. And I'll be doing weekly ones because I want to and because um, I usually can come up with like three things to talk about every week. And um, yeah, so share my podcast. Please join my journey on uh, Instagram at Melanated Stamps. So M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D-S-T-A-M-P-S, Melanated Stamps. Um, my focus right now is basically... Being vegan, being black, uh, dismantling whiteness, um, mental health, running, um, life in China, being an expat, um, teaching. So you're going to find one or all of those things on my page. And I would love, love, love to dialogue with you guys and to um, build community there around all my favorite things. So... Follow me. If you have any questions, please email me at melanatedstamps at gmail.com. Um, it has been a pleasure. And be well. Sleep well. Eat well. All right. Bye-bye.